0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. And this is The Pat Kenny Show with Anton in for Pat. Joining me now from Ukraine is Irish Times contributor Lara Marlowe. And Lara's writing in her uh, recent article in The Irish Times that to understand the dogged stubbornness of President Volodymyr Zelensky, you must go to his hometown in south central Ukraine. Can we start there, Lara? That dogged stubbornness stubbornness, is something he is having to rely on quite a lot at the moment.
1: Uh, Very much so, Anton. Um, As you know, the counteroffensive that started in June has sort of stalled. It hasn't made the kind of gains that Western allies wish. Um, You might say it's partly the fault of the Western allies, who have never sent the weapons that Ukraine needs as quickly uh, as it needs them. They're, they have not been sent in a timely fashion. They're waiting for up to another six months for the, the fighter jets they need for air support. Um, so yes, um, Ukraine needs a military break, but I find that here in Kri-Kirik, um the, the determination is intact. Um, nobody's lost faith. They haven't lost faith in Zelensky, who's their, their um, hometown boy. Um, there are missile alerts several times a day, uh, especially a lot yesterday because it was Independence Day and people were afraid that Vladimir Putin would fire a lot of missiles yesterday because, uh, um, because it was Independence Day. Um, but this, this town is, is, I found absolutely fascinating. I've been here for two days and, uh, uh, it's a rough place. It's the most industrial city in Ukraine, iron ore mines and, uh, and steel factories, um, and it was actually a, a sort of penal colony for Russia and then the Soviet Union, where they sent uh, iron miners uh, to work and wouldn't let them live anywhere else. Uh, and Zelensky was, you might say, forged um, in, in this, this place. Uh, he studied at the university here. I spent a, a long time with two university professors, one of whom was in the class above Zelensky. Uh, and he'd met Zelensky for the first time back in 1996.
0: It's strange because I, I suspect this sort of sense that many would have of Zelensky was that before the presidency that he was um, a com- comedian, actor, and if anything, a sort of a soft person. Not the case yeah. given his upbringing
1: not at all i mean i we we drove past the housing project where he grew up it's very bleak architecture uh his parents were both engineers so they were middle class people in in a very working class city and what happened was during the soviet occupation of afghanistan a lot of the men from Krivi Rik fought in afghanistan and came back to Krivi Rik as uh, opium addicts and there was a, there was a huge drug problem here there was gang war for where, there was gang warfare in the 80s and 90s. And uh, the professor who was uh, Zelensky's friend said to me that he thought that Zelensky founded this theater troupe in the 1990s because it was the only way of staying out of the gangs. Uh, so this was, in, in a sense, a substitute for, for joining a gang. He named his theater troupe Cartel 95 after uh, the neighborhood that he grew up in. And but wh- I think Zelensky is a very, very tough guy, uh, despite uh, any any um, impression to the contrary.
0: What's the sense that you get in his hometown uh, about the, the the take on the strategy that he is, he has adopted in relation to the war, and what's the attitude towards the Russians? <laughs>
1: um it varies obviously it it varies uh the officials i talked to were all very anti russian uh including one who used to be pro russian who used to be belonged to yanukovych's uh pro russian party of the regions um i did the taxi driver who took me from the train station to the hotel uh said he had voted for zelensky because zelensky promised to make peace with russia But that now he was no longer for Zelensky because things are very, very bad. And I said, well, if he made uh, peace with Russia now, would you, would you support him? And he said, no. He said, a bad peace is always, is better than a good war. Uh, But as a a refugee from Donetsk uh, pointed out to me, even a bad peace is not on offer now. Um, the, the Russians occupy the Zaporizhia power plant 100 kilometers downstream. If they blow it up, the radiation will hit Krivi Rig. Um, and, and this woman, uh, Larissa, is her name, she's in charge of um, internally displaced, displaced people in Krivi She said, You know, how can you make peace with people who threaten you with death? Uh, and that's. Pretty I would say the majority feeling here is uh, there is no way they can make peace with Russia now they have to keep fighting they're fighting for their survival and although they haven 't made a cult out of uh, Zelensky being their hometown boy, um, I find support for him is is pretty widespread
0: what's their perception about the way the conflict is progressing
1: um I think there's Perhaps a bit of disappointment that the counteroffensive hasn't made quick progress, but there's also understanding. Uh, I mean, they're, they're facing hundreds and hundreds of square miles of, of Russian minefields. The Russians are, are dug in, and it's always easier to defend than it is to, to advance uh, in, in, in warfare, in battle. Um, there's a lot of pleasure at the death of uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, uh, one of the top people at the town hall said to me, anytime any of Ukraine's enemies are killed, uh, it is a good thing. And, and people are kind of smirking about it. That, I think that was a morale boost. Uh, but by and large, people are, are these are tough people and they're, they're sticking it out and they still believe in victory.
0: Can we talk a little bit about the aftermath of the death of Evgeny Prigozhin because uh, Vladimir Putin has offered his sympathies to the families of those who were on the plane with Prigozhin uh, and said that he was a man who had made some mistakes.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, it is kind of grotesque. Um, everyone believes that Putin ordered the plane to be shot down or to be bombed. We're not sure which. Um, so for him to offer condolences is 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 not only hypo- hypocritical; it's just absurd. Uh, when he said that Prigozhin made mistakes, he was of course referring to the attempted coup, the mutiny which Prigozhin uh, staged on the 24th of June, um, and for months and months before he was assassinated. Uh, we, we presume we haven't seen his body yet. It hasn't been absolutely confirmed. But uh, Progoshin was haranguing the defense minister, uh, um, Shoigu, and, and the chief of staff, uh, Gerasimov. And I mean, there was one quote uh, which, which I remember, which was very striking. He said, um, uh, Gerasimov, Shoigu, where's the effing ammo? Uh, and he accused uh, the defense forces of, of starving his militia uh, of weapons and ammunition and to give them to the uh, legitimate Russian armed for well, legitimate is in question, but the Russian armed forces uh, in general. And uh, he so annoyed uh, the military hierarchy that uh, Putin ordered, uh, and the defense minister ordered that Wagner, uh, Prigozhin's militia, be put under army command, and that was really the reason for the mutiny. So those were his mistakes. Uh, he thought he was bigger than the, the military establishment in Russia, and they got him.
0: I read a, a Russian analyst saying that there's a, a this fits with Putin's normal modus operandi, where when he's under pressure or threatened, he makes a deal, uses the time frame subsequent to the deal to rebuild strength and then performatively reneges on that deal to send a message. Does that mean that he is now in a position where any of that chink of weakness that was evident from the Wagner mutiny is now gone?
1: No, I don't think it is gone. I think um, Putin is very much weakened. When you start to, uh, to assassinate your closest allies, your closest supporters, the people who fought for you in a very ugly, brutal, uh, barbarian fashion in Africa, in Syria, in Ukraine, uh, when you have to assassinate them and, and also put some of your top generals in jail, it means you're really in trouble.
0: Now, one of the things that you uh, talked about was the the doggedness of Zelensky and the capacity to, to stay in the fight. To a great degree, that is dependent on ongoing international support. Is there a sense in Ukraine, or what is the sense in Ukraine, in relation to the level of support they are getting from NATO countries and particularly from the Americans? Is there any concern that it's waning?
1: Um, yes, although, I mean, they've been encouraged by the news that uh, F-16 fighter aircraft and probably Swedish Gripen and and who knows what else is is coming in in the pipeline, Uh, there is a sense that it's all been very long and slow in coming. And I think there's also a deep-seated fear that eventually, as this war goes on and on and on, it's been 18 months already, and there is a consciousness that the West, and particularly the, the United States, is not going to support them forever. Uh, But but I I think the immediate when you've got missile alerts going off several times a day, you're more worried about staying alive than you are about uh, the presidential election in the US next year.
0: You talk about the arrival of the F-16s and the the Gripen fighters from Sweden. I assume the downside to the arrival of those is it takes some time to train up pilots and it takes some time to get the support crews to run those aircraft, even if they get hold of them.
1: Yes, that's true. um, Reportedly, it takes at least six months. Um, One of the fellows I interviewed in Kiev a few days ago said to me, we have the best educated armed forces in the world. We learn much more quickly than other people. And, you know, I wager that we can we can do this in record time. But yes, it will take time. Uh, But the the Ukrainians are are patient and uh, determined people.
0: Lastly, we'll be talking later on in the show about um, Donald Trump, both missing the um, primary debates and and getting arrested and mugshotted yesterday. But of course, he is still the front runner for the Republican um, nomination. And according to the polls, he's neck and neck with Biden. Is there fear in Ukraine that if he does pull it off and become the next president of the United States, that all of that military support will disappear overnight?
1: Uh, yes, that that too is a concern. Although I talked to a, a Russian in Kiev who is fighting Putin, who's a political and military leader called P- Pomonarev. Uh, you can read about it in yesterday's Irish Times, uh, and he said that he saw one of he saw Trump's top campaign manager in Washington recently, and Trump's uh, campaign manager said to him, "I oh, don't worry, we'll we'll, we'll help you." Um, so it, it's very hard to predict. And, and as you know, Trump uh, is a very volatile and unpredictable character. So it might not be as, as bad as the Ukrainians fear.
0: Lara, thank you very much. That's Lara Marlowe, who is Irish Times uh, contributor and, of course, um, published a best selling author reporting for us there live from Ukraine. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.